My name is Philippe Girard. I am a professor of history at McNeese State University. And I am Janet Allured, also a professor of history at McNeese State University. And we want to welcome you to KBYS's Your Grandma Rocks, where we explore the lives of famous women in history. We would like to extend a warm welcome and bienvenue à nos amis francophones. Ceci est la radio de l'Université McNeese. On the program today, music and history as we retrace the life of a remarkable woman. She was a diplomat, a warrior, and a queen. For four decades, she prevented Portugal from colonizing her native Angola. Her name was Ana Enzenga. But first, a song. And we're going to start strong with a catchy song that has both Portuguese and Angolan connections. It is sung by a Frenchman of Portuguese descent, Lucienzo was inspired by the Kuduro music of Angola, and that is Densa Kuduro.
Welcome back to Your Grandma Rocks. My name is Philippe Girard. We just listened to Densa Kuduro by Don Omar and Lucenzo, a song that was released in 2010. And I'm Janet Alured on the History Faculty at McNeese. Today we will go back much further in time as we explore the life of Anna Enzinga, that's spelled N-Z-I-N-G-A, for those who want to know more. She was born around 1583 in what is today Angola. And the name of that country, Angola, is a bit of a misnomer. The term Angola normally applied to the ruler of the Mbundu people of Central Africa, but the Portuguese mistakenly assumed that the title described the whole country, and the name has stuck ever since. <laughs> this kind of cultural misunderstanding is common when outsiders try to describe a society that is alien to them. Our main sources on Anna Enzinga are accounts by Portuguese officials who were her enemies and by two Italian priests who lived at her court. We only have a dozen letters by her. Well, at least it's better than uh, nothing. I uh, teach world history, and uh, when we study pre-colonial Africa, especially when we deal with women, we're often faced with a complete lack of sources. So to have a dozen letters by Anna Zinga herself, plus a few eyewitness accounts, and even some contemporary engravings of her, that is quite amazing. That makes her the best-known woman in pre-colonial black Africa. We also have some oral traditions to fill in the blanks. These tell us that Anna Nzinga... I always have a little trouble with that, was born with her umbilical cord wrapped around her neck, which was supposed to be a sign that she was destined for great things. Apparently, to say to twist in the language of the Mbutu people, it is Kujinga, and that is how she got the name Enzinga. Hmm. She was indeed a very special girl. Her father was king of the Mbundu people, and he liked her so much that he took her wherever he went. Even in battle, this is how she learned how to rule a country. She needed all the training she could get. Times were difficult for the Mbundu people. That time the Portuguese were exploring the coast of Africa and they were looking for a route to the spices of India. But along the way, they stopped by and they started exporting slaves from Angola to Brazil. Sometimes the Portuguese collaborated with local African traders who sold them slaves for export. Other times they landed troops and conquered territories outright. And in 1617, the Portuguese landed in Luanda, the capital of Angola, and they launched a campaign to conquer the whole country. Mm. This put them in a, on a collision course with the family of Nzinga, especially her brother, who had inherited the throne by that point. Let's pause for a moment and then follow the slaves who were exported from Angola to the Americas, where they really left a remarkable musical legacy. Uh, right now, we're headed for Jamaica and a bit of reggae. This is a 2013 hit by Ja Books, whose title of Angola pays homage to the ancestors of the artist. Angola by Ja Books. Yes, Rasta. All them black people that belong to Africa. So I swear I'll keep the giddy on the heart. Babylon, talk and ride down Babylon. 
Who no wise ways they have with your clams and plants Who come trapping the man who no think who no can come take Mama Africa from me again No who no can come take Mama Africa from me again Who no think who no can come take Mama Africa from me again no, who no can come take Mama Africa from we again. True religion, your band on a Lebanon. Pick yourself and a play Afghanistan. We do no tricks and cans, implement a plan. Then you got the dumb Saddam. We see you a draw nearer and nearer. But the Isle Mama got no go share ya. Oh, me now get scared to defend this prayer. Oh, Pasha Shama Longel, who no can come take Mama Africa from me again. Who no think who no can come take Mama Africa from me again. No, who no can come take Mama Africa from me again. Who no think who no can come take Mama Africa from me again. Them no like when we are dinner deals. Them want we steal your fee, pay them bills. When your things say you save, you are save little cabbage. Them man wanna count off the mills. It's an authentic reggae beat. Let me skank off the shoes off of me feet. I get three Peter touch, two Bob Marley, and the little berries sound sweet. You no can come take Mama Africa from we again. Who no think you no can come take Mama Africa from we again? No, who no can come take Mama Africa from we again? Who no think you no can come take Mama Africa from we again? So the bingy man a call Angola, call Angola, up on Mama Africa, Angola, call Angola, call Angola, call Angola, up on Shashamala, Angola, call Angola. Me born the fire from Babylon, now take my chat from Babylon. Cause I you corrupt the ghetto youths We do no wicked up, do no Babylon When me walk I trample down Babylon Talk and rot down Babylon Who no wild ways they have with your clans and plans Walk come trapping the man who no think who no can come take Mama Africa from we again That was Angola by Jaw Books Welcome back to Your Grandma Rocks on KBYS. I'm Janet Allured. And I am Philippe Girard. Today we explore the life of Anna Nzinga, who was a sister of the King of Angola at a time when Portugal was trying to conquer this region of Africa. By 1622, the Portuguese had captured the capital of Luanda. So Nzinga's brother sent her on a diplomatic mission to meet the Portuguese governor and convince him to stop the war. So she arrived in Luanda in her best attire, ready to represent her brother with appropriate dignity. But then when she reached the palace of the governor, there was only one seat in the room and the Portuguese governor had claimed it. So she was basically expected to sit on the floor or remain standing as if she were a servant. That would not do. Without skipping a beat, she asked one of her followers to bend over and she sat on top of him. This way, she got to negotiate with the Portuguese as an equal, and she got the terms she wanted in the treaty. 
Diplomacy is the art of acting strong, but also of seeking compromise when you need to, and, and Zinga was very good at both. To get on the good side of the Portuguese, she converted to Christianity. She even asked the wife of the Portuguese governor to be her godmother. And that's how Nzinga is also known to us under a Christian name, Anna. Mm, that explains that. Unfortunately, she was laboring against two powerful historical trends, European colonization and the Atlantic slave trade. This was an uphill battle. The Portuguese quickly reneged on the terms of the treaty and resumed their attacks on their slave trading activities, those dastardly Europeans. You've got to blame them all for mm -hmm. every bad thing in the history of the world. Well, the brother of Nzinga, he was so distraught by this that he killed himself. At that point, his son was supposed to succeed as king, but Anna Nzinga decided to act as regent, and then she kind of displaced her nephew altogether. And so by 1626, she was officially queen of Angola. Or what remained of it. The Portuguese had invaded the main part of her kingdom, Ndongu, so she had to flee further inland to a kingdom named, and I will say I'm struggling with these names, Matamba, which she con conquered in 1630. She spent basically the next 30 years of her life fighting to get her original kingdom back. Time for our third musical break. What do you have in store, Philippe? Uh, well, we're heading a bit north to the Congo, which has a great musical tradition of its own. And a personal favorite of mine is a song written during the independence of the Congo. That would be 1960. And the song is called Adepono's Cha-Cha by Joseph Kassabili and the African Jazz Band. Enjoy.
This was Independence Cha-Cha by Joseph Cabasile. My name is Philippe Girard. And I'm Janet Allured, both of us on the history faculty here at McNeese. Welcome back to Your Grandma Rocks on KBYS. Today we are retracing the life of Anna Nzinga, Queen of Angola from 1626 until her death in 1663. It's kind of common to refer to the late 1500s, early 1600s as the age of Elizabeth after the British Queen. But in Central Africa, another female ruler made such a mark that we could just as well speak of the age of Nzinga. Having women in a position of authority wasn't exactly common at the time, whether in Europe or in Africa. So Nzinga had to be cunning to gain respect from her peers. She asked to be addressed as king and dressed as a man. She also fought in battle and continued to do so into her 60s. And whether to get married is another issue for female rulers because of the risk that her husband might upstage you if you get married. For example, Elizabeth I of England, she never married, and she died famously as the Virgin Queen. Enzinga had a different solution. She had a lot of husbands, <laughs> none of whom got a chance to become too powerful. She also asked them to dress like a woman to show them who was wearing the pants in the relationship. There's a story circulating in France uh, by the Marquis de Sade. He claimed that Nzinga would pick a lover for the night and then kill him at daybreak when she was done with him. But you know, the Marquis de Sade was quite a storyteller, especially when it came to sadistic sex. So we should take that story with a bit of a grain of salt. She's a bit of a black widow, according to him. huh? Uh-huh. But there's no doubt that Anna Nzinga could be tough. In an interview, Linda Haywood, who is a professor at Boston University and this country's leading expert expert on Enzinga, describes her as, quote, a royal woman with lots of concubines and a military leader and aggressive warrior who indulged in rituals such as human sacrifice and the ingestion of human flesh. I actually got to meet Professor Haywood a few years back in Boston. Uh, what struck me when talking to her is that even though Professor Haywood has spent her whole life studying Nzinga, she said she couldn't really claim to really know or understand her after all these years. Which brings us back to our original problem, how to understand someone who lived in such an alien religious and cultural environment. Exactly. By that point in her life, the Portuguese had invaded Nzinga's original kingdom, so she had abandoned her conciliating policies. She completely turned away from the Catholic faith, which may explain all these weird sacrifices that Professor Haywood was mentioning. And uh, Nzinga was also encouraging slaves to come to her kingdom uh, by promising to free them. And her goal was to unite all Africans against the European invader. Nzinga was also smart enough to understand that she could play one European power against another. So she negotiated a treaty of alliance with the Dutch, who were the main rival of the Portuguese in the 1600s. And with their help and the help of the Kingdom of the Congo, the Portuguese had to abandon the capital of Luanda. It is time to listen to another Congolese song. And this one is quite a treat. It is uh, by Johnny Wakelin, and it is about another great black fighter in history, a man who, lost, uh, who left us not so long ago, none other than Muhammad Ali. And the song is entitled, Muhammad Ali, the Black Superman. Superman 
Welcome back to KBYS, the McNeese radio station. This was Muhammad Ali, Black Superman by Johnny Wakelin and the Kinshasa Band. I'm Janet Alluret. And I am Philippe Girard. Our topic today is the life of Anna Nzinga, who reigned over Angola in Central Africa when the Portuguese began colonizing that region in the 1600s. For 30 years, Nzinga managed to keep the Portuguese at bay through a combination of war and diplomacy. However, she could never expel them altogether, and in 1657, she had to sign a truce with them. Well, she was in her 70s by then, so I guess even this indomitable warrior had to rest at some point. (laughs) Yes, interestingly, this is the time when she announced that she was a Christian after all. Clearly, it was diplomatically convenient to convert again when she was trying to mend fences with the Portuguese. She even sent letters to the Pope to ask for missionaries. Uh, One thing that has struck me when teaching world history is that over the centuries, the popes in Rome have been in contact with people as varied as Kublai Khan of the Mongols or King Afonso of the Congo or Queen Nzinga of Angola. That may sound a bit nerdy, but I've always dreamed of going to the Vatican archives and seeing some of those documents for myself, uh, including those letters written by Queen Nzinga in the 17th century. As it happened, these letters were the last ones she wrote. 
She died in 1663 after a long and full life. Long and full, but not quite entirely successful. And Zinga had hoped that her own sister would succeed her as queen, but the succession war broke out after her death and ravaged the kingdom. With Nzinga gone and her successors fighting amongst themselves, the Portuguese were able to finish the conquest of Angola and expand their slave trading activities. Altogether, four million slaves were shipped from places like Angola to the Portuguese colony of Brazil, which was the single largest market for slaves in the Americas. But Nzinga's life was not completely in vain. She delayed the colonization of her country by a generation. And in Angola, she is considered a national hero today. There's even a giant statue of her in the capital, in uh, Luanda. And there, Angolan women come to pay their respects to the great warrior before they get married. Nice to have those kinds of female heroines in your past. She also served as a symbol of resistance when the Angolans fought and won their war of independence against Portugal in the 1970s. And appropriately, our last song is by a great figure of that war of independence, the singer David Zay. And the song is entitled A Cinco Sociedades. Para o povo, eu vou contar a história das cinco sociedades. Sociedade A ambição dos homens fez aparecer outras classes Depois apareceu o feudalismo Depois então apareceu o esclavagismo Depois apareceu o capitalismo Aí a exploração era mais moderada O homem era obrigado a vender as forças Para ter o pão de cada dia O capitalismo derivou o imperialismo O imperialismo é o monopólio dos capitalistas O explorado então sentiu necessidade De lutar para ter a sua independência E daí a luta continua O homem aderiu à sociedade Mas a ambição dos homens Fez com que aparecessem outras classes Apareceu a classe esclavagista A classe feudalista A classe capitalista E daí então o imperialismo O explorado Sentindo a necessidade da liberdade Pegou em armas e luta Portanto, a luta continua e a vitória é certa.
camarada Quando as crianças de Angola tiverem escolas Quando as mulheres forem mais alegres Quando acabar a exploração em Angola Eu poderei dizer então bom dia camarada this is KBYS, the McNeese radio station. We just retraced the life of Queen Anna Nzinga, who used war and diplomacy to oppose the Portuguese colonization of Angola in the 1600s. I'm Janet Allured. And I am Philippe Girard. Merci to all of you, and thank you for joining us. This has been Your Grandma Rocks. This program was funded by a Juliet Hartner grant for Women in the Humanities. For more information on how to help finance fellowships at McNeese, contact the Foundation at 337-475-5588. Your help is greatly appreciated. This program was also sponsored by the History Department at McNeese. If you ever want to apply for a degree, just contact the admissions office. The number is 337-475-5504. Goodbye. Au revoir.